like to welcome the hosts of KJHK's Kansas in Heat. Please introduce yourselves, guys. Uh, my name is Mike Anderson. My name is Nicole Cottle. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Well, first of all, what is Kansas in Heat? Sure. Uh, Kansas in Heat is a radio talk show about sex and romantic relationships. Uh, basically, what my goal is on the show is if you're initiating a romantic relationship, trying to, trying to anyway, enhancing one or maintaining one, uh, we want to give you ideas that is stemming from not only academic research, but uh, popular, popular literature as well, debunking those myths and helping you with your romantic relationship. And also, uh, a major function of the show is to help you with your sex life, kind of increase the positivity, because there's so many wrong myths out there uh, and what I want to do in creating this show is to say, hey, bring about debunking those myths. Because if you look at the literature, even at bookstores, a lot of it's wrong. And a lot of it's faulty information. And where do people go to get their information on issues like sex? Well, people don't want to go to their parents. Uh, you can't go to your friends because they're in the same boat as you are. And they probably have the same inexperience and possibly the same wrong answers. National talk shows like Loveline, Sue Johansson, the odds of you getting on and getting your question answered are slim. I want to give people a forum, especially students at Lawrence, where they could get their sexual questions answered by someone, by two individuals that have looked at the literature, academic, and have looked at popular literature, books, and know what's the truth and what's not. And that's kind of the function of the show. And, Nicole, how did you come to be involved with this particular uh, endeavor? It was sort of by accident, I think. Mike asked me one day, uh, well, first he said, I, it's so great, Kansas and Heat approved my show, I'm going to do it, it's wonderful. And then he's like, oh, by the way, they want me to have a woman as well, so you're a woman that I know, would you like to do it? And I reluctantly said yes. Nicole, I think, brings a really good... Uh, well, Nicole uh, is an instructor in the Women's Studies Department, mm. and so she, her range of knowledge is so vast, and I think that she really gives a good balance to the show. And so I, I, I don't think I could do the show uh, without her and that balance and that knowledge that she has. It's not just someone off the street. It's someone who's studied, well, extensive, sort of. studied extensively in communication studies, extensively in women's studies, it could bring a fresh aspect to these issues. And both of your backgrounds, did anything in your studies actually specifically deal with romance and sex, or is this just sort of a precocious hobby of yours? Well, it's both for me. It's both for me. It's a, it's a hobby of mine in that I enjoy looking at the up-to-date literature, but it's also what I study. Uh, my thesis that I did here at KU was on taboo topics in romantic relationships and specifically what topics do couples avoid and sort of why. And I think in my research, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find those trouble spots in romantic relationships and find ways around them. Like we have trouble talking about making our relationship exclusive. We have trouble talking about our past sexual experience, our past romantic relationships, which can be very important and helpful to a relationship. But how do we talk about these issues? How do we get around some of the trouble spots? And what I've come across in my research, are there certain balances that you need in a romantic relationship? A balance between openness and closeness. We need to be, feel open to talk about ourselves, but also we want to be able to keep close on the more uh, taboo topics and more personal topics. But as time goes by, then we can talk about those more. We have to have balance between 
uh, independence. I need to do stuff on my own, but also a balance of interdependence. Well, I need to do specific, you know, activities with my partner as well. We need to find that balance and research has always backed that up. So there's different balances and there's different keys that aren't going to work for every relationship. They're not. There's no magic pill. There's no magic formula that I can give you that says, all right, you use this, you talk about this, and your relationship's going to work. It doesn't work that way. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find literature out there and through my studies, what works for the majority of couples? What are some key areas in romantic relationships, either at stages or what we talk about that's going to help maintain and enhance it? So what I'm trying to do with this show is give you ideas I really think these ideas will work for 85% of the couples. Try it. If it works for you, great. I'm excited. We'll get more ideas. If it doesn't work for you, listen again. Come back. And we'll try to find something that does work. And what I want to do is give you tons of ideas to work with on the show. Try them in your relationships. If they work, great. If they don't work, listen next week. We'll try to get you some more. Or call in. Email in. And how long have you guys been doing the show? Since June of 2007. Uh-huh. Are you guys a couple yourselves? We are not. No. Okay. Through the course of this work that you've been doing, what has been sort of the most common refrain that you've heard? What's been the most common complaint or question that you've gotten about relationships? Well, uh, I think for me, a common question is how to put that spark in the relationship. I get very few comments and questions on sort of, you know, our relationship has reached a plateau, so to speak. And what are some different ways that we can sort of spice it up, put a spark in it, and get that sort of connection? Because if you look at the stages of relationships, the first two months are great, right? Everything's going well, no problems. And then the three or four month stage, you reach that point where all of a sudden you see your partner uh, on the couch with no pants on, eating a bag of Cheetos. And that comes to the point where, all right, We've kind of gotten such comfortable. How can we maybe kick this up a bit? I, I don't. Over the course of the show, the duration of the show, mm-hmm. um, have you discovered that there's maybe more of a puritanical streak in Kansas than you might find elsewhere that mm-hmm. seeps into people's relationships? It, it's sometimes it's tough for me to tell because I get questions and comments from people not just from Kansas. I've gotten questions from people in California, questions from Florida, and through email I can't always tell where people are located. So I'm not always the best judge of that. But of the people that I do know that have put down from Kansas, I have not found that at all. Uh, some of the most taboo topics that we've ever dealt with have been from individuals from KU, uh, including one individual that... Uh, was a chronic masturbator on frisbee golf courses <laughs> and was wondering how to one is this natural is it a phase and two how can i sort of get over this because he only got aroused masturbating frisbee golf courses was the purpose of him being on the frisbee golf course to see if he could actually hit one of the posts uh or it might have been i think for him he he only got a rush through sexual displays in public places. And what was your advice to this gentleman? I'm curious. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> how, how, do you can, how do you counsel somebody who enjoys the, masturbating in public? Right. What you got to do is you can't just tell this person, well, stop doing it, because obviously they can't. What you want to do is try to wean them off of it and try to get them to express themselves sexually in, one, a place not illegal, and two, sort of get... The, what I want him to do 
is I, next time he went to a Frisbee golf course to masturbate, I wanted him to pay attention to the feelings that he was going through, the emotions he was going through. What I want him to do is I want to transfer that rush that he gets to a more private place where he's not going to get into much trouble. And I think that's where he wanted to go to. So the next time he's with a significant other or at home, I want him to put himself mentally in that state of being at the Frisbee golf course. Even if that means slowly weaning yourself off of that. So instead of going to the Frisbee golf course, maybe you just do it outside in your yard and you still get that feeling so you can sort of wean yourself off that. But what I want him to do is those emotions that he's feeling transcend those into his home or someone else's home. And so he can get that same rush, not from a public place, but mentally putting himself in that place to sort of wean him off of those behaviors. I wasn't there the day that this question came in, but if had I been there, I probably would have said it, it's probably a good idea to go see a mental health professional and discuss these issues because, we, as Mike mentioned, this is illegal. Like if you're caught, you know, some pretty harsh ramifications could mm-hmm. take place. So, if you're concerned at all about that. <laughs> uh- that is a very good example of perhaps one of the more extreme calls you've probably yes, received. Uh, do absolutely. you have any other examples of calls that you've gotten that have just befuddled you that were kind of well beyond the pale of what somebody might consider normal sexual behavior? Uh, right. Anything else that maybe is kinky but perhaps transcends kinky and then that you've had to be concerned about this person's well-being? Uh, None that I can think of too much from the phoning in. Normally people that have a more taboo question will email it in. And one of the things I do on the show is I always encourage you to bring up any issue. On my show, no subject is taboo. Absolutely. When it comes to sex and relationship, this is the forum where you can get your most intimate questions answered. So when it comes to phoning in, I've never had one that has pushed the envelope nearly as much as that one. Some of the email ones are a little bit more kinky, involve fantasies, involve, you know, pr- I don't think premature ejaculation is kinky, but that's more of an issue that people feel uncomfortable talking about. That's even more taboo. And I think that uh, we've addressed those all, all these taboo answers on the show many times, and often through Topics in Heat, which is a section that Nicole does where she brings in all the latest topics and heat, and we've kind of answered these questions that have gone with these ideas of fantasies, that have gone with these ideas of premature ejaculation. And we've kind of debunked those myths and bring about some... We've really brought in about some really interesting research that I think, one, makes our show separate from other shows because we are both PhD students and we are bringing about the most up-to-date research. And two... It's research that is extremely important to our romantic relationships. And I really think that a lot of what we say puts people's minds at ease. Like we've found research that says most people only want, want uh, most females only want to have sex from a period of five minutes. Not th- just females, not just men females, and women. Men and women only want to have sex in a duration from five minutes to 13 minutes. And we kind of have this stereotype in our head that, oh, you know, I have to last forever. I have to last forever. I have to last forever. Most of the research shows us that's not, that's not the truth that people really want their intercourse to be lasting around 5 to 13 minutes. 
That's a relief to a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I wanted to have on the show. Don't, is... don't, don't have to get jacked up on Red Bull before you hit the sack. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's a good bit of advice. Uh, have you found, while you've been doing the show, that you've been able to apply any of the lessons that you've given to other people to your own relationships? Uh, good question. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that uh, you know one of the things I try to do, too, is I try to look at the research and I try to use it. Uh, and see sort of for me what works and what doesn't. Because it's, it's, it very well be true that if something doesn't work for me, it might work for other people. But I've certainly taken into heed uh, some of the research, not only on communication, but sex as well, in trying to improve myself sexually as much as I can through exercise, through kegels, uh, if it were, which is one of Nicole's favorites on the topic on the show. <laughs> for those not familiar with kegels and think it might be some sort of triathlon event. Uh, right. Please just explain what kegels are. Kegels are a way to increase the pleasure of your orgasms by strengthening your PC muscle. Uh, it was made famous on an episode of Sex in the City, but if you read any book by any good sexual therapist, they will talk about kind of important. It's been mainly, mainly shown to increase the pleasure of your orgasm, but also it can help males with uh, ejaculatory functions, so to speak. When you don't want to urinate, you kind of tighten that PC muscle, right? And then you let it go. Where kegels is involved, it basically exercise. You know, sex is like anything else. You need to put a lot of work into it if you want to get really good at it. And exercising is one way. And so it's a matter of strengthening your PC muscle like you're trying to cut off urinating and then relaxing it, strengthening it, relaxing it, doing five short ones and five long ones. You hold it for a couple seconds, then release it. And then you slowly, over a couple months, build up how many of those that you do per day. And you get to the point where you're doing uh, many sets, like 20 sets of the five per day for a couple months. And by doing that, you'll strengthen your PC muscle and you'll have more pleasure in your sex life. It's kind of like cross-training your penis or vagina, either one. Exactly. Uh, It's for both sexes. (laughs) Have you guys done the live version at the jackpot in the past? We are still working on that, and we want to do the show live. Really want to do the show live. Because I want to provide a venue where people can actually come up and ask us in person some of these difficult questions. Because I have a feeling that there are even more taboo questions out there that people aren't asking because they're a bit afraid to either go on, ask us by phone, or email us and then have their email there for me to you know return back. So I really think this will give me an avenue, Nicole and I, an avenue to really address some of the more serious taboo issues that people are struggling with. Are you concerned that if you do this live, people might uh, demonstrate their problems in a public venue? No, not really. <laughs> I have confidence in the uh, individuals that show up <laughs> Are you going to need jackpot. a skis guard when you go up there? I uh, hope not. I hope not. I hope not. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We've got someone back at the shack with the with the proverbial dump button, which we always have on our show. Our show is always on a seven-second delay, so if anyone says anything about naughty bits using slang or bad language, (laughs) we can avoid Uh, that. And on the flip side, are you going to feel compelled to demonstrate techniques while you're there? Certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Get more people to the show! (laughs) Possibly, possibly. (laughs) Get one of those CPR mannequins and do weird (laughs) things to it. yeah, sure. We could try that. I mean, I'm more than willing. If that, hey, if it helps people, there you go. I'm more. Whatever it takes. Public service. Whatever it takes to help people. Whatever it takes to get their questions answered. We're gonna do it. And I think this show is. Uh, I know KJHK has had some talk, 
sex and relationship shows in the past. What I think makes this one different is not just we're just not we're just two PhD students have studied this, but we've, we're well read on it. Uh, we feel very comfortable about it, and we're bringing in so many different aspects of the romantic relationship and sex. I mean, we go from talking about serious uh, things about sex, which fantasies, different positions you can try, to even the smallest issues of sex and romantic relationships, like what sense uh, increase male performance in a bedroom. So if you have a combination of lavender and pumpkin pie, that has shown, studies have shown that will increase blood flow to the penis and enhance, for the male anyway, uh, their sexual performance. Do they make hand lotion in that scent? Do they? Of course. Are you kidding? They make it in every scent. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in closing, and we'll start with you, Nicole, what would be like the one bit of advice that you would like to give couples out there? The, the sort of overriding bit of advice that's been a recurring theme on the show or that you think would actually help people in their relationships? Uh, I would have to say just based on uh, my research interest and the I guess things that I focus on in, you know, the classes I teach and stuff would have to be the idea that we should realize that most advice that's given about sex and relationships comes from uh, sources that are often very focused only on heterosexual couples, which is something that I think is, you know, a, a, a sad thing about research because... Obviously, not everybody is heterosexual. And the other thing is that a lot of it is based on traditional gender roles. And with that said, my advice would be uh, to recognize that you should take most relationship advice, even from us, with a grain of salt, because Mm -hmm. we can only speak to a certain population, right? No one bit of advice is going to be the end-all, be-all of sex or relationship. So be reflective on uh, traditional gender roles, be reflective upon heterosexism, be reflective upon other things like that. So, Sound advice. (laughs) Mike? Uh, Advice for relationships, for sex life, or both? Let's do a nugget from each. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, we'll start with the sex part, then we'll move to the romantic relationships. (laughs) Studies have shown that one quarter of the satisfaction that we get in romantic relationships comes from sexual satisfaction. And if the sex that we're having is bad, it can even spill over and make the rest of the three-fourths not as functional. So I guess in a way, my advice stems from and helps not only sex, but also romantic relationships, and that is communication. Now, I am a communication studies individual, so this is probably going to be obvious for most people, but the ability to talk about these certain issues and not allow them to simmer inside of you and fester and then come out at a wrong time are very important. In the world of sex, the ability to talk about our sexual fantasies and sexual wants is a great and important part of your relationship, I believe. I think people are so afraid to talk about what turns them on. They're so afraid to talk about their sexual fantasies for fear of embarrassment, from fear, for fear, fear of ridicule. And if you're in a relationship where you feel comfortable to talk about those ideas, your sex life is going to go through the roof. If you can talk about what turns you on, then you're going to have a great sex life. And an important part of that, too, is that you need to know your body. 
How do you expect your partner to be able to turn you on when you don't know what turns you on? So you need to do some self-exploration in that as well. You need to know on caressing, kissing, following what areas of your body really turn you on. And then communicate those areas to your partner. Not in like the sit-down counsel format, but when you're in the heat of things, while you're talking about sex, whatever it may be. Great sex is about total body sensuality. It's not just focusing on the good parts. It's focusing on all over. The two strongest organs, sexual organs in the human body, are your brain and your skin. And it involves sort of stimulating both of those ideas through sex. So if you want a great sex life, it involves being able to share your fantasies, communicate your want desires, know what turns you on, and then in turn you can turn your partner on and have a great balance. And sex is a dance. You both need to participate in it. And you want to know what turns you on and also to move what turns your partner on. In the world of romantic relationships, I think I'll reiterate what Nicole said. Nothing we give is 100%. It's going to work for everyone. But there are a good romantic relationship is about these balances like I'm referring to. Relational dialectics, those are different balances in a relationship. And you need to have that. You can't spend every waking moment with your partner but you can't spend every waking moment with the guys or the gals. You need to find that perfect balance. Studies have shown that women that have like a girl's night out once a week are more satisfied in their romantic relationships. There's a balance there. There's a balance between spontaneity and sort of ritual in that, let's say on our anniversary or the first time we had a date, mark those occasions. Go out and celebrate those triumphant stages in your romantic relationships. On the other hand, you want to have spontaneity. You kind of want to have your partner surprising you, constantly surprising you, bringing, even if it means something small, like bringing you flowers, bringing you chocolate, or something big like, hey, guess what? I just got two tickets to Greece. I talked to your work. It's okay. The neighbors can take our dog. We're leaving next week. So I think that, and you also have to know your partner very well. I mean, that tickets to Greece might not work for everyone. Have certain balances. Listen to each other. Keep the communication flowing, and that will stem over and be good in your romantic relationship and flow over to the bedroom as well. I think most people could probably uh, do well by heeding that advice. I think so, too. Uh, I didn't, and I'm a swinging bachelor. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. Our show's here to help, but you too. Oh, by the way, uh, would you take a look at this rash that I've got? Absolutely. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) And Kansas and Heat is on Friday nights, 7 to 8. Friday nights, 7 to 8. Thank you, Mike and Nicole, for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Oh, thank you very much for having us. 